loved, esteemed, appreciated, adored, revered, and followed Jesus famous in your everyday life. Uh, as usual, I'm Nate Holdridge, your host today. I'm the pastor of Calvary Monterey on the California Central Coast. I preach about Jesus famous on Sundays, but like to write and podcast about Jesus famous during the week at nateholdridge.com. Uh, this show consists of interviews and discussions and stories that we think will help propel you further into an appreciation of Jesus. And uh, today is an exciting episode. It's our last released episode of 2022. And I wanted to uh, have a time of preparation uh, for 2023 um, after looking back a little bit on 2022. And uh, for this episode, I've got uh, six pastors and, uh, and then myself as well who are going to help me uh, with this. I've got the seven pastors of Calvary Monterey in the studio with me uh, today who will be answering two questions. Uh, number one, what standout lesson did God teach you in 2022? And the second question how would you encourage the church in 2023? So we're just going to have a roundtable discussion, to, uh, each guy taking his turn to answer uh, both of those questions. And I've gotten a little preview on uh, some of their answers and what they're going to share today. And I think you're going to be greatly encouraged. Um, and if you don't know these guys, uh, if you're new to the show or you're newer to the church or perhaps you're part of the church and you're just part of one or two of their ministries, I'm looking forward to having you get a chance to hear from uh, the rest of the pastors here. I love serving with these guys. I'm thankful to God for each one of these men. I believe that God has brought each one of them to our church for a reason and for a purpose. And we get a chance to pastor you if you're part of Calvary Monterey uh, together. So whether you're part of our church or whether you're listening from afar, I think you're going to be uh, encouraged by uh, this this uh, show, this episode. Okay, so say hello, guys. Hey. Hey. Oh, yeah, just a couple of guys saying hello. So hello, I, I'm at the table everybody. with me right now. <laughs> I've got Manny Colazzo, my hey, hey. executive pastor. Um, we are going to be joined remotely by Riley Monzo, our worship pastor. We also have Mike Casey, our recovery pastor. Say hello. Hello. We have Joshua Shively, our youth pastor. Howdy. Matt Kaler, who is our family pastor. Hey, guys. And Jeff Buck, our longtime and beloved assistant pastor. Hello, everyone. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had our year-end uh, Calvary staff party uh, uh, Christmas party. And each year, I like to give awards to everybody. And this year, the theme was 90s movies so i'm going to share with all of you listening the movie award that each one of these guys got before they give their answers so pastor manny i'm going to start with you and the first question what standout lesson did god teach you in 2022 manny's movie was he got the titanic award <laughs> uh, now you might think if you know manny that this has to do with the size of his biceps basically yes. uh, but no he has huge ideas and huge vision and a huge heart and a huge passion for the lost. So the only thing that can stop him is an underground unseen iceberg. 
But other than that, <laughs> he is invincible. He's Titanic. So, Pastor Manny, welcome to the podcast. What Great standout lesson did God teach you in 2022? So I switched mine from the one we talked about. Okay. Um, so going off script. I'm going a little bit off script. I love it. Um, it was my week at the bridge. I checked myself Whoa, in this yes. year to the bridge to experience what it was like to be a resident for one whole week. Now, before you talk about that, for yeah. people who are listening who yeah. don't know what the, the bridge, bridge is, tell them about it and then then get to it, what it was about. So the bridge is a Christ-centered, biblically-focused, one-year uh, recovery program for men and women who are wanting to break free from their addiction to drugs and alcohol and substance, substances uh, and uh, draw closer to Jesus. And mm-hmm. So it's a one-year residency program where that happens. And so Pastor Mike is the pastor who leads that ministry, and I asked him a few weeks into the year, I said, hey, what would you think about me embedding myself and experiencing what it's like to be on the other side, to be in the bridge with this. And it was just an incredible experience. And the whole time from day one where I began to experience what it was like, there was a quote that an old assistant pastor of Chuck Smith used to say, Mm. uh, Romaine, he would say, you know you're a servant Mm. by the way you react when you're treated like one. Yeah, amen. Welcome to the bridge. Yes. And it was a week of being treated as a servant. And I didn't like it. (laughs) It was rough. It was a, it was, the lesson for me was I discovered I was not as much of a servant as I thought I was. Mm. I like being in charge too much. Wow. And so much of myself and my sin and you know, was being exposed. And, and what I realized as I'm hanging out with these other guys who, you know, you would think from a distance, man, their sins are huge, you know, what they're dealing with and yours, you know, what I discovered is my sin might look different, mm. but it is no different mm. in the way it affects my relationship with God. So that's beautiful. What a great equalizing week yes. for you. And just to clarify for the record, you didn't go into the bridge for a week because there was any substance abuse issues that you were dealing with. <laughs> we just want to make sure that we get great. that down there. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. And I know that the, I know that the men in the bridge really appreciated that. What a, what a sweet incarnational, beautiful uh, heart that you had in doing that. Must've been cool to have them in the house. Right, Mike? It was epic. <laughs> <laughs> It was nice to know that though he didn't just get out of jail or prison, he still broke the rules. I did. I did. I was constantly getting called out for breaking the rules. (laughs) Oh, that's great. He looked like a beaten piece of meat on Sunday after he finished the dishes. I've never worked. I haven't worked so hard in my life. It's been a long time since I've worked that hard. I love it because you kind of, at least from my memory, you went into it kind of with the motivation, like, I want to figure the bridge out. I'm the executive pastor here. This is a legacy ministry. I don't know a lot about it. It'd probably be really helpful for me to just kind of get, get, get knowledgeable <laughs> yes. about what's happening. Yes. And, uh, you know, it'll just be a week. I'm away from my wife and away from my comfort. So it'll be kind of tough, but Mm-mm. you got work. Yeah, I got work. Man. It was, you know, so just huge respect, mad respect for the men. I only had to do it for one week. They do it for a whole year. Yeah. And that while trying to kick heroin or math or something like that, yeah. that's the, 
the true beauty and the beautiful yeah. work that God does there. So, mm. you know. Well, that's great. I'm glad you changed uh, your response to that one. That's that's excellent. Our second pastor that's up today is uh, Pastor Riley Monzo. He's joining us from afar. And uh, Riley's uh, award that he got this year was the, uh, again, 90s movies being the theme, the Groundhog Day <laughs> Award. Uh, if you remember that movie, uh, Bill Murray's character has to relive the same day over and over again. And at first he does terrible things as a result but then eventually he figures out how to redeem every single day he builds his skills he learns to appreciate the moment and all of that and i gave riley that award because uh, he uh, leads our uh, developing our platform ministry every single sunday they just keep coming just like groundhog day but he has figured out how to make them so special and he does such a great job with them so pastor riley what standout lesson did God teach you in 2022? I feel like God showed me so much in 2022, but if I had to boil it down to just one thing, I think that God really showed me that He's just so accessible. And over the years, God has always been revealing that more and more and more to me, that He's so personable and knowable, and that He wants to know me. But I feel like in 2022, it went to a new level where I started seeing Bible reading as just even more essential to gain to know God. Prayer became even more of a language I used regularly with God. Journaling became a huge part of my devotional time with God. And I started to see the corporate gatherings on Sunday as just like I had to have them. I wanted to experience God with people and so i think that god was just showing me like hey i want to pour out my love into your life my knowledge my law my goodness into your soul through scripture and prayer and through these practices like journaling and fasting and through the gathering and so um yeah 2022 was a year of intimacy with god just deeper and deeper and deeper and I'm hoping that 2023 is even more of that and down the line even more of that. But I feel like maybe God is starting to break down even more of um, the walls I've put up in my life between me and Him. Just tearing them down and showing me, hey, I'm here for you. You can grab a hold of me, get into your word, get into prayer, and um, I'm here for you. So that was one of the biggest things I learned in 2022. God is just so approachable and accessible. All right. Thanks, Pastor Riley. All right. Our next pastor is Pastor Mike Casey. You've already heard from a, a little bit on the show today. He's our recovery pastor. He runs the Bridge Ministry. And Mike's movie award was the Saving Private Ryan Award. Uh, in that movie, uh, Tom Hanks's character is tasked with leading his troops to go find the fourth and final Ryan brother. The older three older Ryan brothers all died in battle and the military did not want to have the fourth and last brother die. So they had to rescue him and save him and bring him home to mom. So saving Private Ryan. And Pastor Mike is a man who he will do whatever it takes to reach someone who is lost, who is hurting, uh, who's ready. Uh, who go to great lengths. So I gave him the Saving Pastor, Saving Private Ryan uh, Award. So Mike, what standout lesson did God teach you this so year? So interesting that you chose that movie 
Um, I was hoping for Pulp Fiction. You know, that's more in my kind of genre of it. You know, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, but was it wasn't good. fictional for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so interestingly enough, for me, in line with the movie, is what I think God has really shown me this year is, as believers, we never arrive. You know, I will work with people that have just gotten out of prison for 30 plus years, spend a year or longer with them, teaching them, discipling them, watching them, and their lives change dramatically. Their family's back, they're, they get employment, they're involved in the church, they're serving in ministry, but they still need the encouragement, they still need the word, they still need the, the attaboy, the pat on the back, they still need to know that though they've come really, really far in the recovery and their walk with Christ, we never get there. You know, I think we we work with people for a while and they get into a position like they're serving in the church and we think they're all good. They show up every Sunday, they serve, and we never actually think to go back and say, how you doing? Is everything okay? You know, because we kind of think they're on autopilot and they're just going to keep growing on their own, and that's not true. I think we need to, much like, like my wife loves plants, but if you don't water them and fertilize them, they're not just going to continue to grow. They need to be pruned and taken care of and tended. So God has really shown me this year to continue to check in with the people that I've, you know, even 10, 15 years ago mm. mentored in the bridge. And I've spent this last few months just calling and calling all these people that have graduated 10, 12, 13 years ago. And they're so grateful that someone is checking in with them mm. because they themselves realize that they need to to stay connected as well. And, and they also need to be reminded that they need to stay connected. Mm-hmm. So for me, God has really shown me that personally, my work is never going to be done with these men and women, but I, hopefully that we all understand that as well. Man, that's a beautiful lesson, Mike. I love that. It's got to be so encouraging to them to hear your voice on the other end of the line and it's got to be tempting to you kind of get someone through a year-long program. It's like, okay, you're done. My job is done. See ya. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, really, it's uh, as a believer, if we're going to disciple somebody, it's kind of a lifelong commitment. I've also reached out to Skip Joannes and had actually like a two-hour conversation with mm. him. He was one of my mentors. And Roger Scalise, mm. uh, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago for well over an hour just to thank them for their work in my life and their continued commitment to my life because that's showing me what I need to continue doing to others. That's great. So our job, our job is never done. Amen. Well, on behalf of the whole church here, Mike, thank you for everything that you're doing. You're so uniquely gifted for it, and we love watching you in operation. You've changed the complexion of our church and only good ways so thank you so much it's a blast all right the next uh, pastor on the docket is pastor joshua shively he's our youth pastor so for the 90s movie award that he received i gave him the lion king (laughs) award i just imagine him up on that big rock in front of all the other animals holding up little simba like this is the next generation he's helping raise up all these young wild little knuckleheads knuckleheads. and uh, cares about them so much Mm. and uh, has told me this last year that he he feels like he's shifted into like cranky old man youth pastor mode you know like (laughs) like he's not trying to be cool with them he's not trying to be their buddy he's trying to mentor and pour into their lives so Mm. i love that about you josh so what 
for you stood out as a big lesson that God taught you this yeah. last year? Yeah, thanks, Nate. I appreciate that. And uh, it kind of, um, you know, when you ask this question, this that's kind of been the question this year for me, in all honesty. Like, mm-hmm. what is what is God showing me? I mean, we should all look back at a year and ask, like, what is God teaching me? But I think it looking back at 2020, 2021, just how hard that was in youth ministry and mm-hmm. just how really, like, kind of white knuckle just to, like basically the work to keep youth ministry going, to keep discipleship going. Um, you know, it was, it was hard for everybody in ministry, yeah. you know, but just trying to keep these kids engaged, sure. walking through the issues, the problems, the, the new, a whole new level of just like discipleship mm-hmm. that, that this just kind of goes really deep into their, their psyche and their me- mental state and their heart issues. And I mean, it's just, it's a whole new layer. Um, and so, I really believe that 2022, um, the Lord really blessed the, the youth ministry here at Calvary with a real kind of fruit, a real season of fruit mm-hmm. and growth. Uh, we just saw big numbers, big, like amazing leader group. My, my volunteer team are just absolutely fantastic. Uh, our camps were big and just like filled with, with just a lot of spiritual fruit and the Lord moving in kids' lives. And actually... Back at camp this year, I, the speaker, uh, he was kind of a, kind of a, a man that I followed over the years mm-hmm. through, through youth ministry. Uh, I got to sit down with him and he asked me the question, you know, Josh, who are you and what breaks your heart? Mm-hmm. And, you know, after doing youth ministry for all these years and being in my late thirties now, like knowing, like, but wanting to continue to follow the Lord in my forties and fifties, that question has kind of plagued me you know, for the last mm-hmm. six months and really looked into that and who is Joshua Shively and what breaks his heart? Um, and then, you know, the question you asked us a couple of weeks ago when you're like, this is the question I'm going to ask on the podcast, what has the Lord showed you? I really kind of put pen to paper and I, I really felt like the Lord reminded me that, that I cannot rush what he is redeeming mm. and that, that I have a lot to still learn and grow in, but I still have a lot of life to do that. And so that's okay. Mm. And cause I'm just the type of guy I want to know the plan. I want to have the plan laid out. I've got my youth ministry calendar already done for 2023. Like it's done. It's there. Right. And yet the Lord just wanted to remind me that, that, and is reminding me that I cannot rush what he is redeeming or making righteous. Mm, And, um, and that he is, and I still got a lot of life left to learn and to grow in. And so I'm, I'm content in that. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's been a good year. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of kind of just seeking the Lord in that and and hearing his voice. That's great. That's what a good lesson for you to, received because partly because you've been doing youth ministry for so many years yeah you can kind of feel like i'm such a veteran i'm an old guy now yeah why don't i have it all together (laughs) but you're still actually a pretty young man in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. Uh, before i move on to uh pastor matt uh josh i'd love for you to um tell the church a little bit, you know, during, during the shutdowns and, you know, the lengthy, you know, response to COVID and everything, everybody had different experiences. You yeah. know, for some people it was a terrifying experience for some people. It was like a big sabbatical, real restful kind yeah. of time. I just yeah. worked from home. My coworkers weren't bugging me. I got to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, for kids, it mm. seems like it really impacted them in a in a tough way like mm-hmm. anxiety and pressure and depression so yeah how are the, how are the kids doing yeah it's it's an interesting year so you have to think like these seniors that the seniors of 2022 2023 this is their first normal high school year like their whole high school experience was impacted by covid from 20 like the 2019 to 2020 
year. So they're yeah. freshmen and then they're sophomore and into their junior year. So this is really their first year completely without any real mandates or restrictions or things like that. So, so there's just a different, um, kind of balance in their minds of what the future holds really their trust. Honestly, I see a huge, a huge lack of trust and authority. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they consume, and, and I think COVID just did that more so, the consuming of information through the internet, through, you know, social media type networks and, and levels of communication between student to student or these influencers, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the influences of the new prophets, in my mm-hmm. opinion, to, mm-hmm. to this generation. They just, the snippets, the 10 second, the 30 second information that they, they receive is received as truth a lot of the ways. And so oh. I, I see a real distrust of authority, um, I see the burden so much more on the church and on myself on, on showing why is Jesus better than mm-hmm. anything else. Um, and then this, this new level of, of, I mean, I know like, like the word mental illness is kind of thrown around and almost given as an umbrella kind of mm-hmm. like factor, but, but just this new level of, I mean, I see, I see anxiety. I see panic yeah. attacks. Like I've never seen yeah. before in students and yeah. I've seen just this level of, of, not wanting to, to even kind of be with their parents or be with this like place of, and really it does stem back to that authority, but mm-hmm. um, just this kind of new place where, where kids, because they have so much knowledge of these mental illnesses or these terms, it's almost like they're, they're given permission to apply them to their lives without a real diagnosis or like right. a real yeah. type of guidance in that, you know, like a psychologist or a doctor, you know, 10 years ago would have guided someone through this. Now a kid can just listen to an influencer and just go, oh, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's who I am now. And they're just, they're almost given permission to do or to be whoever they want without the <laughs> guidance of, is this really healthy for me? Is this something I should be doing? Yeah. And, um, and then when you're someone like me that comes along and says, hey, this is not smart. Like this, this lead, look at the, the big picture, look at the path you're going down. They just go, well, you're not, who are you? Yeah. You don't have a million followers. You're, yeah. you're like, who, who are you? You're just some guy yeah. at, youth, at youth group or at the church, you know? Um, and so anyway, I don't know if that answered your question, but it's, oh, I, I think it's great. done something that we're going to be feeling for many, many years yeah. to come in, cool. in this generation and yeah, so on. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Analysis. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it just sounds to me like they need their elders, whether they receive them or not. They yeah, need absolutely. Real flesh and blood, um, older folks in the church is people older than them who are right there in their midst. Yeah. Absolutely. to love on them and be the examples they follow. So mm. thanks for that. Yeah, definitely. We're praying thanks. for you and your ministry. Mm. Uh, pastor Matt, our family pastor, Pastor Matt Kaler, he uh, received the Sixth Sense Award. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so uh, not because he's uh, dead, but we... Yeah, yeah no. exactly. <laughs> but because... Uh, He's just got that sixth sense in ministry, such good counsel and wisdom. He sees things that sometimes the rest of us have a harder time seeing. So Matt, thanks for everything you're doing with the families of the church and and the kids ministry. And I've been really excited about where things are at these last couple of years under your leadership. So for you, what standout lesson did God teach you this last year? Yeah. Thanks, Nate. Thanks for having having all of us this is awesome yeah i mean there's so many but i think you know i think crypto is one of the things <laughs> um obviously i could talk about you know um the lessons god's been teaching me in parenting 
um, in marriage, um, just in my own personal walk and ministry. But there's been kind of this, um, I feel like for me, this theme in my own personal life. And then even honestly being able to minister to the kids every Sunday and Calvary kids and talk to dads and moms. Um, and then in my counseling, I think it's this theme, uh, you know, that we need to be reminded that we are loved by the father mm. and what that truth does when it settles deep into our hearts, it just, it kind of, um, you, I don't know if you remember that scene in beauty and the beast. <laughs> if I can, is that okay? I know it's, it's not the movie you gave me. You gave that one to somebody else. But um, when, uh, when the beast kind of transforms at the end and the light is shooting through his fingertips and just mm -hmm. all around, right? It's almost like that idea, I feel like, is when the truth of that we are loved by the Father, that we're adored by the Father, that we're welcomed in, there, there's a light that just emanates out of us in mm -hmm. so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I, I grew up in the church and, and I can tend to have a narrative in my mind that... Um, I can control the way God feels towards me as long as I behave. <laughs> mm -hmm. As long as I do the things a good Christian should do. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm praying. Um, you know, I'm not watching too much Netflix. And, you know, I'm, I'm keeping things dialed in. I'm not yelling at my kids too much. Um, God's stoked on me. But when I fail in any of those areas, you know, it's almost like it just my natural tendency is to think, all right, I got to get like a good weekend before God's like pumped on me again. And I got to get a rhythm together before I feel like, all right, I'm, I'm back in the favor of God. And I just think that narrative is not true when we look at scripture. And so I think this year has been one of just coming back to the scriptures. I, I, I read um, a book with my, my uh, growth group, a couple guys I meet with every week over Zoom, 6 a.m., called the good and beautiful god and it's the third time going through it for me it's one of my favorites yeah you recommend that book i do i yeah. throw that out there yeah. and the whole idea is to come back to really a biblical narrative of who god is and kind of comparing that to the false narratives that we often mm. don't even know we're believing and so there's that story in matthew 20 about the the landowner who hires workers for his vineyard if you guys remember that one Landowner goes out early in the morning, grabs a, a group of workers to come and agrees to pay them a fair wage, a whole daily wage. Mm -hmm. But he goes out again at 9 a.m., grabs some other workers, and then again at noon and 3 and 5. And so um, at the end of the workday, he brings them all together, and they each get paid the same wage. So the guys that worked, you know, whether 10 hours, get paid the same as the guys that worked one hour. <laughs> and not surprisingly, the guys that worked 10 hours, they're, they're upset. They feel like, man, what, what's the deal? You know, we expected you to pay us more than the guys that worked one hour. And, you know, the landowner's response is, is beautiful because he says, well, I gave you what I told you I would give you, and you agreed to earning, uh, being paid. And... Um, the way he, he describes it at the end, he says, shouldn't I be allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Are you envious because I am generous? And just that idea that we serve a generous God, <laughs> and that tweaks with us. That's a good point. Because it works against that I worked, therefore I earn, or I deserve. And that's just totally different from the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, there's a way you could read that parable as like, well, man, that last hour group must have worked really hard. <laughs> and the, the 10 hour group probably just phoned it in and they just kind of run out the clock and they were sweeping the same pile of dust or whatever it is. But I don't think that's what the parable saying. I think it's showing us that um, we serve a God who operates different than us. His yeah. kingdom values are different from our earthly values because his kingdom values are grace and generosity that flow out of his father's heart. So just settling that truth in our heart, um, I think uh, that's been something I've just been chewing on, honestly. Yeah. Oh, that's great, Matt. That's so refreshing to hear. And I'm sure a lot of people are resonating with that right now and will be thinking about that going into the new year. The father's heart towards us. All right, the the best for last, I think, here. We got Pastor Jeff Buck, who uh, is uh, this uh, come, just finished 50 years of pastoral ministry. So we're expecting something super profound. Uh, <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Jeff, uh, actually, for his award, he got, uh, speaking of, the Beauty and the Beast Award. And I gave Jeff that award because uh, his... His wife, his beauty, uh, went through a pretty significant health scare that the Lord brought her through this last year, but he had a beast of a year fighting for his beauty, so I gave him the Beauty and the Beast Award. But Jeff, love you so much. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh, what was the big standout lesson for you this last year? The big standout lesson for me was to lean on and let the people around me take care of me. Mm when I was in such a crisis with my wife, uh, she came very close to death, severely critically ill, is what one doctor wrote. Um, Eurosepsis, kidney blockage, and then a host of other things. Her heart stopped and you know, it was just a terrible, terrible experience. Uh, April 6th in the morning, right after midnight, they called me and said, if you wanna see your wife, you better come now. And I found out she had coded and, and all those things. But what just struck me, besides the wonderful God-ordained nurses, doctors, people that showed up at, at times they didn't have to to help, was I called uh, with my daughter that lives in Atlanta, with whom I stayed those 65 days, uh, my other three daughters, including my daughter right here in Santa Cruz, and all of them were at my side by 4 p.m. the same day. And so I remember sitting down at the uh, table with the four of them, my grown children, 27 up to 43, and looking at them and just, I couldn't lead them. I was absolutely uh, just, it was just incomprehensibly to me what was happening. And being able to actually lean on these kids and they would tell me, dad, you need to go for a walk or um, please go take a nap or you know, whatever, whatever. And it was that role reversal of letting someone take care of me. Now I'm the one that takes care of people, including them. And so to allow that role reversal is something I think all of us have to learn in our responsibilities in life. We have to be in charge at times. But man, to learn to lean on and trust other people. I called Nate this one day when I was just kind of beside myself and said, I don't know if I'm coming home with a wife or by myself. And so he simply said, um, don't get ahead of yourself, stay in the day. Mm -hmm. And it, that's a simple, profound, biblical truth that came 
as I leaned on him, he was faithful. And you know, I could give so many different examples um, to this present day of learning to be taken care of. The importance of having people around you mm. and then leaning on them and trusting them when you need to. And if you don't have that, that's a great thing to think about. Uh, I, need, I need people around me that can take care of me in a crisis. Yeah. Yeah, and how can I build that? How can I build that network in my life? Yeah, thank you so much for that, Jeff. Yeah, opening up and sharing that with us. Yeah, every time I've heard you tell that story about that phone call between you and me, I've thought to myself, I don't know if I've ever done that myself. Just think about today only. I really need <laughs> yeah. to work on that. Yeah. Well, the Lord used it. That's for sure. I had the advice. I still am trying to figure it out. That's good. That's good. Well, I think for me, just uh, wrapping up this first question, what standout lesson did God teach you in 2022? You guys hear me talk all the time on this podcast and in the pulpit, but I think for me, it had to do with trusting the Lord and waiting on the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, waiting is a hard thing. And, uh, waiting for breakthroughs, waiting for wisdom, waiting for guidance, waiting for provision. Uh, all of these things uh, are hard to wait for, and I had to wait for all of them this last year. And for some of them, I'm still waiting. And um, that, it, that can be a hard thing, to trust God amid the waiting, before you see the answer, before you see the result, before you see what God is going to do. Um, trusting Him with that. We sent our first child off to university this last year. And uh, that just changed the complexion of our family. And there was a lot of these lessons that I've been learning through that process, but also just in the leadership of the church. So trusting and waiting. All right, let's move on to the second question, though. How would you encourage the church in 2023? Pastor Manny, let's start again with you. I think for me, my encouragement would be, and this also flows from a lesson in my life would be to be a worshiping people. Um, you know, what, what does that mean? You know, if you had to ask yourself of, uh, that, if you had to ask yourself, am I a person, am I a worshiper? There, there's one question that I ask in two different ways. What is the master passion of your life? Or put it this way, what is, what is the passion that masters your life? I mean, you want the answer, obviously, to be God when we say being a worshiping people, be a people that worship in God. And if you discover as you answer that question, you know what? God isn't the master passion of my life. He is not the passion that masters my life. Well, then the way to become a worshiping person is, and I think in the simplest, rudimentary, most simple way, um, it's not big and flashy, it's the simple yielding of the everyday stuff of your life, surrendering the everyday routines of your life over to God's control, mm. uh, letting him and his values influence even the smallest of decisions, pausing. You know, for me, a significant one this year was food. You know, food was a master passion of my life. Mm. It was the passion that mastered me. Mm. And God pointed out, hey, I am not the Lord over that. Worship me, don't worship food. And it, it became a habit and that I'm still to this day, God, do you want me to put this in my mouth? When do you want me to stop eating? And that was my way of worshiping God instead mm. of food. 
So that's the lesson. Be a worshiping people. I love that. I love that. Pastor Riley, uh, for you, how, how would you encourage the church in 2023? I don't know what 2023 is going to bring, but I know if it's just like any other year that's come, that it's going to hit us all with something. And I just want you to know that God is with you. Such a simple truth, just that God is with you through whatever you experience in 2023. You're going to be hit with depression. You're going to be hit with anxiety. You're going to be hit with grief and loss and pain of some kind. And when that happens, just remember that God is close. God's word is so clear about how God is not just with us, but he's inside of us. That's what Jesus says in John 14, that when he leaves, when he left the the disciples, he was going to send an advocate and help a helper who would live inside of you and be with you. And that's going to be so important for you as you go into this new year, because it's going to be easy when things hit you to forget that God is with you. You may feel alone, but just know that if you're a born again Christian, there's no way of escaping that God is now inside of you and with you. You you can literally never be alone again, which may scare you or hopefully it comforts you, but just know that God is going to be with you every single step. And just because you experience difficulty in life, that doesn't mean that God isn't with you. It just means that God is going to bring you through another trial, another tragedy to build you up and strengthen you for the days ahead. One thing I keep thinking about is how a Christian's testimony has got to be proven with scars. There's got to be some broken bones along the way. There's got to be some black eyes along the way. Because your story has to show that God is with you through the difficulty and there's some signs to prove that he's been with you. You may walk with a limp, so to speak, but you're still walking. And so take courage going into 2023 that God supports you. He cares about you. He loves you and he's with you. All right. Thanks, Riley. And uh, Pastor Mike, how about you? How would you encourage the church for this next year? For me, it's pretty easy. I I would say one of the commandments are to love one another. It's so easy to love the people that are easy to love. It really is. (laughs) For me, it's unique because so many times I will talk to somebody on the phone and interview them. They'll come, they'll get on a bus or a plane or get out of prison. They'll come to the bridge And I'm hoping for somebody that looks like Pastor Matt or Josh or Manny. You know, and you get somebody that shows up with horns tattooed on their head, you know, covered from their neck down, bad attitude. So those people are not as easy to love. But that's not what God is saying to us. He's saying to to love one another. So I think for us as as the body of Christ, as the family here at Calvary Monterey, we need to love one another, regardless of what we look like, or what we sound like. Uh, for me, the people that I def- what they smell like, you know, we're all God's children. Some have gone astray, some are coming back. But, I mean, that's the greatest commandment of all, is to love one another. Mm. And I think it's something we have to be reminded of constantly, because we, we all drive down the street and we see these people flying signs or asking for money, and we automatically make a judgment call. 
But think about what does God think about that person flying the sign or, or standing in front of McDonald's or Walmart or whatever that you see every day. You know, what does God think about them? What does God feel about them? Mm. And try to apply some of that for ourselves and just have a moment of compassion. Maybe just stop and roll down your window and just ask them a question. My, my wife does that all the time. I mean, she'll just walk up to random strangers at the gas station and say, this isn't, this isn't what God's plan is for your life. <laughs> and she'll just start into a conversation. One day, uh, and I, this is one of my favorite stories, we were, uh, uh, my wife and I were going to a birthday party in Salinas, and we were going to Gutierrez's in Salinas, a little Mexican joint, to get some carnitas and some tortillas. And uh, I was just heading there, and I got to the door, and I was holding it open, and I turned around, and my wife's not there, and I look back, and she's hanging in a car. Like, sure, her whole upper body is in this, in this BMW, and I'm like, what in the heck? <laughs> I, I walk back. That's great. Uh, because when I walked by the car, I saw a, a young man sitting in the car shooting up in his neck, mm. right? And I, you know, I've been in that same parking lot, and I've shot up, maybe not in my neck in that parking lot, but I've shot up in that parking lot many times during my addiction. As long and, as it wasn't in your neck. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I just let it go. I just, I, I just minded my own business. But when I turned around and walked back to the car, she was in the car telling this young man, you don't have to live like this. Mm. God has a plan for That's your life. Fabulous. And I'm thinking, get out of the car. <laughs> Michelle, what are you doing? This is yeah. crazy. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but that's just her passion, and that's something that's always been who she is. She just has that love for people no matter what. Mm-hmm. And knowing that God does have a different plan for so many of our lives. So I, I think as the body of Christ, if we just maybe this year take that moment and, and just think what does God see in that person or how does God feel about that person maybe try to apply maybe just be a little more compassionate this year toward our our fellow brother and sister in Christ yeah and you know I love that Mike what a (laughs) what a great exhortation I mean Manny talked to us about worshiping God loving God with everything that we are and you're talking about loving each other you know if you listen to rock music from like the Beatles era, there were so many songs that talked about loving each other. And it's, it sounds so easy, you know, put to musical instrumentation. Mm-hmm. My generation, grunge rock, they all made fun of that. Like, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. We can't love one another. Love this stinks, generation, right? this generation, it's about, I got to love myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you're just highlighting that, hey, yeah, this is one of the hardest things for us to do, but Christianity has the resources to actually do it. So thank you for that, Mike. Uh, Pastor Josh, this next year, how would you encourage the church? Yeah, Um, so I wrote down something that I think, I just finished Live No Lies, and I think that's probably one of my favorite Mm -hmm. books this year. And I think that- that, uh, the John Mark Comer? Yeah, the Comer, yeah. yeah. And um, great book, great read. And uh, I think it kind of influenced it when I wrote down like what I want to say to the church. I want to say something different. Um, so church, um, teenagers need you. Uh, they need leaders. They need people to step in and not be afraid to get into their business, get into their lives and speak truth and love that balance of truth and love, that balance of truth and empathy, Hmm. teach them what healthy empathy is, teach them what, what real, like God honoring truth is like we need to kind of sift through a lot of the white noise that they're getting on a daily basis, even from teachers, even from, from professors and show them what real biblical truth is, what the plan God has for their life. 
uh, and church that needs to be us. That needs to be you. Uh, I just had my leader Christmas party and I had my admin put together our numbers and between Tuesday night youth groups, Sunday morning and all our events and camps, my leaders and I had almost 6,500 encounters with teenagers over this year. Right. And that like, that's just one group of youth leaders and, and myself. Um, so think of like the church mobilizes you, you look at your own life, what teenagers has God put in your life to, to, that, that, that kind of are in your sphere of influence. And I get it. Like, I get it. My Chemical Romance wrote a song specifically that's titled Teenagers Scare the Living Out of Me because, like, they do to so many people, you know? And, and like, you see a group of teenagers and you see how they can be arrogant or walk around with chips on their shoulders or their face is glued to their phone or you try to talk to them and they are having anxiety attacks just talking to you and they don't know. <laughs> like, like, I get it's it. Like, I'm it's, so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're afraid you're going to hurt their feelings. And I get it. And I think part of my job as a youth pastor is just to exploit awkward moments and make them more awkward. And that actually makes people more comfortable in a strange way. Um, but You're I don't know. for it, bro. I know. I, tell me about it. Um, I'm told every week that I do. Uh, and, so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you just ask questions. Can you believe that? He called me on the phone. He looked me in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> he called me Bud. I don't know. I just, it makes me feel weird. So the thing is, church, I don't know. I just I love that, bro. I, yeah, I just want to encourage whoever's listening to this. Like, yeah. look at your life. Who, what teenagers do you have around you? And step into their lives. I mean, step into who they are. Have some intentionality, some care, and the men and women that they are going to become, because they will be you one day. And we, I mean, I don't know about everyone else, but I want this generation to do it better than mine did. Mm-hmm. I want my son to be better than me. Um, and so that would be my encouragement. Amen. Yeah. I received that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Pastor Matt. Yeah, honestly, you know, I think um, it kind of flows out of the thing the Lord's been teaching me, and that's just to rest in the Father's love for us and don't neglect um, that, that first place of being at the feet of the Lord and receiving from Him. Um, you know, Psalm 105 Uh, Four says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. And I would just hope that, church, you would make that a theme of this next year. Uh, I think we're, you know, I know for myself, there's so much information that we take in on a regular basis and so much information that I just, I just feel helpless to, to do anything to change (laughs) the issues and the major problems in our world. Um, Yet, uh, that doesn't keep me from taking in the information. And I think I I hit a place this this last year where I just kept seeing like, man, there there is a direct correlation between the amount of information I'm taking in and my joy Mm -hmm. and my my soul health. (laughs) And I'm not saying this is for everybody, but maybe you do find yourself in that same place where... um, I had to just tell myself, like, you know, there are so many things that I could um, have my mind pulled to, my heart pulled to in the world that are beyond my reach to really do anything. I mean, of course, we could be praying. We could be kept, you know, up to speed on what's. I'm not saying you, you dig your head in the sand or anything like that. But I think I just realized, like, I think I'm neglecting the things that I actually do have the opportunity to impact and influence because my brain is just kind of getting getting wired and so you know if i can be the guy to encourage you take stock of 
your, your digital I- input, <laughs> what it is that, that you are filling your mind with, um, how you're scrolling. Um, because I think there gets a point, at least for me, I've realized like th- there's a point where we want to be informed, but there's almost a point where it goes from being informed to being deformed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually, um, I'm actually hurting my soul. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting my life, which therefore is going to hurt those that I really am called to love and steward. And, um, and so however you apply that, um, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. And as one author says it, you know, our relationship with God is a trusted response to known love. And I just love that. Our relationship with God is a trusted response to known love. So know his love more this year. Know that peace. Know his strength. Seek his face continually and, and respond. Love that, Matt. So what I hear you saying is you're really encouraging people to read the comments section. <laughs> to- that's it that's it i'm glad that i'm glad that was communicated clearly loud and clear yeah read it all read every bit yeah yeah make sure yeah Yeah. leave some comments call some people create multiple accounts so you can you know comment under different aliases (laughs) oh that's so good especially i think in the times that we're in yeah I, i see people going through the process of being informed then being affirmed where it's like I'm reading all this because it makes me feel better about myself and yeah. then deformed into good. you know just man this is not Christ like at all. All right Pastor Jeff, what's your uh, exhortation for this next year? Mine would be similar to Mike Casey um based on Psalm 16 verses 2 and 3 which I encountered years ago written by of course David our hero. And he said, Oh God, you are my God. I have no good besides thee, which is an amazing statement. And he's one of the few people that could actually say that, that he really treasure God above anything. But his next statement is even more shocking in a sense. And as for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. Mm-hmm. With all the stuff that David went through with God's people and all the trials that he had, for him to say, delight in people, I delight in God's people. For us as pastors, I mean, we've all been deeply hurt by people and situations. To go into this next year, I would say to people, cultivate a delight in people, especially people that are different than you. Like you were just saying, Joshua, about talking to young people. I I just never have any problem walking up to a teenager or a younger person at all because I'm comfortable doing it. I don't know why. And just um, always have a very interesting time. And that's one of the fun things, of course, about being a church is all different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And I just delight in the different kinds of people in God's kingdom. We just spent three hours last night um, with a married couple, both bridge graduates that Mike would know, and we just had three hours of laughing and and cackling over uh, Mexican food. With two people, we have, Denise and I, nothing in common with in terms of our background or our history. And it doesn't make any difference. Mm. I, mm. I delight in people that are different than me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a world full of clones, you know, people like me. 
I'd rather hang out with people totally opposite me. And uh, I had a mentor that was 39 years older than I, and he was never afraid of, of getting in um, my business or talking with younger people, different people, people of different nationalities. And so I would just say to all of us, this is a time to delight in God's people, the majestic ones in whom we can put our delight. Mm. I love that. That's good. That a challenge. A great exhortation. I know how meaningful that psalm and that line is for you. Yeah. You've shared that with me a handful of times over the years. It's a goodie. I think so Jeff I, wins. Is that what yeah, you're trying to say? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Mike won because he got Jeff's endorsement. Oh, yeah. Job. Well, they, I know. I was going to say, I think when Jeff said that, mine is very similar to Mike Casey's. I think Mike started floating to the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I got the answer right. Yes. Just even Jeff saying he was similar to my. Oh, like, yeah, that was, was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of similarities, Jeff. <laughs> That's what I think of when I look at you guys. Well, Jeff, thanks for modeling that lesson that you want us all to learn this next year. And it means a lot to me to hear that lesson. I think my exhortation for uh, this next year before we wrap it up is. Uh, I just want to give um, the church and all of you listening to this, I would like to give you a three-month all-in challenge. Mm. Uh, I just have a feeling that there are plenty of you listening to this. You, you, you love the Lord, and you're very grateful to Him. You love the gospel message, but you've yet to really take that step of being all-in to the Lord. And uh, perhaps it's because you're nervous about it. You're not sure what's going to happen to you if you if you really pursue him hard. But I want to encourage you to, to really do it for three months and then take inventory at the end of that time and see whether it has been worthwhile or not. You, you know, in the Old work. Testament, the people of Israel, when they neglected the worship of God, Eventually, it showed up in their lives and in their society and in their culture. But when they gave God the first of their lives, the first fruits, their firstborn, the first of their money, when they gave God the firsts, um, things began happening where they could look back at their lives and they probably couldn't draw a direct connection between sacrifice A and result B. But they saw all these result Bs unfolding in their lives. So what I want to encourage you to do is for um, 90 days, for three months from the point of listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you to read your Bible and pray every single morning. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to go to church every single Sunday. And I want to encourage you to give a tenth of your income to the Lord. That's giving God the first of every day, the first of every week, and the first of your finances. Mm -hmm. And at the end of 90 days, I'm just asking for three months at the end of 90 days, uh, watch and take a look at where your life is at and ask yourself, has this been worth it? Because I think what you'll discover is that God is faithful and that God has been uh, worth it. So thanks so much, you guys, for sharing with all of us today. And uh, I just feel listening to you guys like I could listen to you forever. Talk about what God's showing you, what God is teaching you. And uh, I feel like the church is blessed to have this pastoral team. 
caring for them. So mm -hmm. thanks for everything that you guys do. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, here at the Jesus Famous Podcast in the new year. Our next episode is actually going to be a conversation with Pastor Matt Kaler, who's seated, seated at the table today about uh, expressive individualism and its impact on modern parenting. So if you're a parent, especially, I'd encourage you to tune in for that uh, episode. But thanks, you guys. Merry thanks, Christmas Nate. and Happy yeah. New Year. Thanks, Merry Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. Church.